Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. When when you say that you're a clairsentient, what does that mean to people? It means I feel spirit. So there are what we call the clairs, clairsentient, clairaudience, uh, clairgustance. And these are basically heightened senses. So clear uh, clairvoyance, people hear about clairvoyance all the time, clear seeing. So C-L-A-I-R means clear. And uh, so clairsentient means I feel spirit. So I get a sense of their personalities, things like that. Hollister, I love the title, Everything You Wanted to Know About the Afterlife. How did you come up with that? Well, I've been doing events for the last nine years. I have not disappeared off the planet. And at these events, people asked questions, question after question. And I started writing these questions down, and there were themes, um, and the same questions were being asked over and over and over again. So I thought, okay, it's about time to put those questions together and the answers together, and that's how this book was born. Do a lot of people fear the afterlife Um, That is such an interesting question. When I first started doing this work about 25 years ago, um, people were afraid of what happens after you die. Now there's much more acceptance about, you know, with spirit communication and that kind of thing. So people are more open to the concept of life after death and that kind of thing. Now the questions around fear are, Will I be separated from someone I love? What happens if they reincarnate and I die? Am I going to miss them? Or what happens in the afterlife? Do I have to live with all four husbands I had? Um, So those are the fears that are coming up now. Interesting take. Now, you wrote this book for the mass, of course, but was it targeted specifically to any group? Um, There is something for everyone in this book. Um, And what I say to people, if you're new to the subject, you can choose whatever questions you want. So the questions are listed um, in the front of the book, and people can look at the question they want answered, go to that answer. And then at the end of that answer are suggestions of other questions that they may want to explore or you can start at the beginning of the book and read all the way to the end. But it is as in-depth an experience as people want to have. There are exercises in there if you want to start communicating with your loved ones. If you're already an empath, already a medium, already a spirit communicator, there is something in there for you as well. Well, you've laid it out great with a number of questions, well over you know 60 questions plus. Yes, and there were plenty more. I mean, the hardest thing was limiting the questions. Yeah, and cutting them down, of course. Yeah, that was tough. And uh, you start off with the, the, probably the question everybody wants to know, and that is, is there really an afterlife? And, you know, I guess people ask me that, Hollister, quite a bit, and and my answer is kind of simple. I say, you'll find out when you die, And if you don't, it doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you could have saved me a whole lot of trouble answering that first question. (laughs) Well, I was actually shocked at where the first question in the book was asked. It was asked on a cruise, um, a metaphysical cruise, by the way, during a workshop. When when we had cruises, right? 
Yes, when we had cruises, remember those? Um, so it was a metaphysical group. And what I do at my events is people write out their questions, put them in a basket, and I pull them out. Because I've discovered sometimes people don't want to ask a question in public. Maybe it's too personal, you know, or they don't want to be embarrassed or they don't want to speak in front of people. So I pulled this out of the hat, so to speak, and was kind of stunned because I thought, well, gee, I'm in a group of people. I thought that was pretty much a solved question. And so I paused there for a second, and I could have been flippant. Well, of course, there's an afterlife. I'm a medium. What else am I going to say? But then I paused, and I thought, I have to hear what spirit has to say. Is there really an afterlife? It deserves an answer. And what spirit gave me in that moment, as I looked out at everybody in the audience and could see their loved ones with them, there isn't an afterlife. According to the spirits, there is just life. Well, that is absolutely perfect, too. There is just life. Just and it either life. Con- Do you believe in reincarnation? I do. And in your opinion, why do we reincarnate? I always thought it was to become more perfect, to reach that heavenly state. Oh, I think there are a variety of reasons. I think there are as many reasons to reincarnate as there are people, personalities, things to learn. And I do think people come back to also teach, help mankind. Um, I, don't think it's a, I don't think reincarnation is a one-size-fits-all. Um, and this is one of the questions that comes from fear that I get from people. What happens if I die and my loved one is reincarnated. Are we going to miss each other? Like somehow we're all going through a revolving door and, you know, whoops, I went out the door, I'm on the street, whoops, he went in the door and he's inside. You know, somehow we miss each other spinning around in this great universe. And that is just not how the spirits have presented it to me. How about ghosts? Do you believe in ghosts? Yeah, I do. I've met quite a few in my life, and I don't like them for the most part. I prefer spirits. So in my book, I talk about the difference between ghosts and spirits. What is that difference? (laughs) Well, I say that uh, ghosts are spirits with a bad attitude. I love that. That's probably true. And yeah, there are a lot of disgruntled. uh, (laughs) They're not happy, (laughs) are they? Spirits out there. They are not happy uh, campers. No, no. And so that's why in my work, I work specifically at the frequency of love. And at that frequency, the only spirits that can speak to me are those that have the best interests at heart of those who come to see me. So I don't, I don't talk, I, you know, I'm like the GPS to the good neighborhoods in the afterlife. Well, with Hollister Rand, her new book, Everything You Wanted to Know About the Afterlife, comes out uh, not too uh, long from now, just yeah, right around the four days, f- something like that. Right around there, to be sure. How did this all begin for you? How did this start? Well, it was a bit of a process. It wasn't like one day I woke up and went, oh, I'm going to be a medium. Um, I saw spirits when I was young. There were spirits I recognized, like my grandfather, whom I loved. So the concept of death was a little wonky for me. I couldn't quite figure out why people were saying my grandfather was dead when I could see Pop-Pop at night. 
Um, but then there were others that I didn't know. So I kind of had this stranger danger thing, like, who, who are these people and what are they doing here? And I also got the message that maybe this was not the best thing for me to be doing. Um, and I pretty much shut it down. But when I was in a car accident um, oh, in geez. my late teens, um, from my late teens to my early 20s, um, I, I suffered a, you know, sort of a cataclysmic awakening where I couldn't tell the difference between the living and the dead. And, um, and then after that, I met other people who showed me the way and started to explain myself to me. And I no longer felt like a weirdo. And then eventually I realized, wait a minute, this can be useful for people. I can be in service. And that's when the light went on, when it went from a burden to a blessing. Do you think the car accident kind of jarred you into this mode? Yes, I do. I had a severe head injury as, oh, as part of, of uh, the accident. It was a very, very serious accident. Um, and now what I'm discovering is that these days, um, because of accepted spirituality, kids don't shut down. Um, anymore. They remain connected because kids naturally are connected with spirit. Um, and so there isn't that shutting down and there doesn't have to be a jarring trauma to wake people up anymore. Um, so I'm delighted with this. I love working with the parents of sensitive kids. It gets to be pretty emotional too, I bet, Hollister, doesn't it? Yes, Especially it does. when you work on... And one of the things that... Um, I, I work with my students with is how to keep the energy moving through you so you do not get caught up in the emotion of the people you're with. So when you connect with spirit, it's at the love, joy, peace connection, not at the empathy, sympathy, pain, and grief. Now let's talk a little bit more about demonic spirits what creates those kind of entities? Well, I don't know about creation of them. Um, I did grow up in the church, and uh, I was also involved with the charismatic Christian church. So I saw some very kind of creepy, uh, scary things. Oh, my um, and uh, so when people say to me, oh, evil isn't real, there's no such things as demons, I'm like, Woof, well, okay, you obviously haven't met a few. That's right. Um, Take them so to an exorcism. Once you have, you re that's, that's one of the reasons why this frequency of love and holding these frequencies here on the earth, very, very important, because fear, anger, the, the lower-level emotions... Um, can be used by certain entities. And so this is why I work with people to raise this energy high um, so that the spirits of the highest order are given a place at the banquet, you know, kind of a, a place at the table of our life on earth. All of us have had a loved one who has probably passed on, Hollister, and of course one day we all will be gone, uh, sadly to say, but that's part of living. And what can people expect when they take that last breath? Kind of paint us a picture of what we can expect to happen. I am really glad you asked that, especially at this moment in time, because so many people are leaving the planet, 
in a way where people assume they are dying alone. So there's pain all around, around the dying experience. It's unexpected. In some ways, it's sudden. People seem to be getting better, and then all, all of a sudden they're dead. Their family can't be with them. So I must say to everybody, no one dies alone. Let me be really clear about that and say it again. No one dies alone. What happens is the room fills up with loved ones in spirit, um, fills up with angels if angels are, are called in. Um, so as a person is passing, they are loved, they are guided, and they are welcomed. Now, since you've been doing this, which has been a number of incredible years, have you come across a situation that either baffled you or scared you? Um, people ask me whether this frightens me. Not anymore. Um, I have to say the ghost-busting stuff, woof. Yeah, don't want to revisit that. There was some scare, you know, there was scary stuff there. Um, bafflement, I, I'm very interested in understanding things. Um, so sometimes what baffles me is the idea that people can't change after they die. I remember I spoke with a spirit, and the the woman said to me, "Well, that's all great, but you know, I I can't believe that there has been a change that he has changed after he died." I'm like, "What? You think we die and we don't change? That we're stuck in one way, shape, or form for eternity? That the the limitation I think baffles me. The idea that we are limited beings." That surprises me. Is there a spiritual or religious aspect to the dying process and the afterlife process, or is it really just part of this universe? Well, you can make it religious. You can make it spiritual. Belief has a lot to do with how we experience uh, death and dying. Um, I've had... Angels show up in rooms when I've been talking with a spirit, and I will say, your mother is here with angels. She said she flew on the wings of angels because you asked them to escort her. Um, and so there's a way we can almost create our experience as we pass. Um, one woman said to, uh, said to me, I wanted to die and see the face of God. Jeez. And her daughter said those were her final words. And of course, I had to ask, being the curious person I am, well, did you see the face of God? And she said, I did not see the face of God. God is everywhere. Stephen, go oh, ahead. That's something. Stephen Jobs from Apple Computer, when he died, right before he passed on, said... Oh wow. Oh wow. Yeah. What was he what was was it was it just some thing that was happening to his brain because of the dying process or was he really seeing something? Well, you know what I think he was seeing was the real network. See, this was a man who worked in networks. And so as we die, we get to see the network we're plugged into. Um and so I think he suddenly saw 
these universal networks that in some way he was tapping into here with internet and this idea of connectivity. I think with dying that, oh, wow, it's like these networks really are here. They really are. It's, it's truly remarkable. There's really nothing to fear about the other side, is there? No, I don't, uh, I don't find that there's anything to fear. Um, I'm, I'm kind of excited about the idea that people right now are thinking about afterlife. I'm sorry that it's happening in the way it's happening. This is a very painful thing for the planet. But what I am hoping is that as people are thinking about afterlife, as they are addressing their fears and inquiring about their fears, you know, asking for more information, that we will become more loving, more compassionate. That is my hope. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.